You're listening to Overcome the Overwhelm for Special Needs Moms with Lauren Lowry. Well, hello, my friends, and welcome back to Overcome the Overwhelm. So in today's episode, we are going to talk about the five reasons why special needs moms get stuck in survival mode. (laughs) It happens. But before we jump into that, I actually have an invitation for you. So on January 21st, in just a couple of weeks, it is a Sunday, that evening, I will be hosting a class. Stop living in survival mode. See the theme of tonight, right? (laughs) And I am, I'm really excited for this one because I kind of have just gotten to this point where I am sick and tired of the only advice being told to special needs moms is that they just aren't practicing enough self-care. Like, almost like it's our fault. Like, it is your fault that you feel that way. It is your fault that you're overwhelmed and exhausted and stressed out, right? You just need to practice more self-care. You just need some more bubble baths. Like, no. That is bullshit. Sorry for the cussing this early in the episode, but I call bullshit, right? Like, oh, if we just did more yoga and breathing exercises, all that stress of raising a child with disabilities, it would just disappear, right? No, wrong. (laughs) I think we both know that that just ain't happening because self-care isn't the only thing we need. And for us, for our community, it just isn't enough. It's not going to get us there and make lasting differences in our lives. It, does it affect us? Yes, we need self-care. I have to admit it. But it is not the only thing we need. So because we go through these like major stressful life events on a regular basis, self-care isn't enough. And we're going to talk about that in this class. We're going to talk about what we need to do along with self-care or maybe even instead of just trying to do more self-care, right? Because our lives, they just they don't look like other typical moms' lives do. In the typical standard advice that may work for them, it won't work for us necessarily. We have to do things differently. And in this class, I'm going to be sharing with you all of the things on what will work for you and what will actually make a difference in your life, what will actually make things a little bit easier for you. So if you want to attend this class, I would love to have you. I will add the link to sign up for that. It'll be in the show notes for this episode. And if you aren't able to make it to the class live, there will be a recording. So you still need to register in order to get that recording. So that'll be in the show notes. So, and as a sort of prequel to that class, today we are going to talk about the reasons why special needs moms or special needs parents in general get stuck in survival mode in the first place. Now, the big overarching answer to that is because of chronic unmanaged stress. That is what it boils down to. (laughs) That is what causes our brains to turn on this alarm of sorts, right? This alarm that says, hey, this doesn't feel good. This is scary. This is dangerous. We need to be prepared to either run away from this danger or hide from it or fight it. And when we keep on facing that stressor, over and over again, or facing many stressors consistently, 
the alarms eventually just kind of just remains on, like stuck in the on position, always on. And it leaves you stuck in this low state of fight, flight, or freeze. But I've worked with a lot of moms on getting out of survival mode. And there are some consistent themes within that chronic stress overarching theme, right, (laughs) that I have noticed over these years. And these are things that are causing this survival mode state. So this, of course, is not an exhaustive list because there are so many different factors that we could add in here. We could talk about, you know, adverse childhood traumas, essentially, right? We could talk about all kinds of different things. We're not going to go that, right? I could literally have an entire, I don't know about this, but for the sake of this episode, I am going to share the top five that I typically see happening. And these are in no particular order, of course. So the first reason that I see the number one, not number one, but just number one that we're going to talk about (laughs) is getting the moms get stuck in survival mode because they're carrying too many bags. So what does that mean? Because I don't mean literal bags of stuff. Although we do come, we don't come with a lot of stuff when we're traveling with our kids. So maybe, no, but no, what I mean here is moms are trying to do too much. They're trying to do it all. They're trying to be it all and carry it all. Because whenever we are stuck in survival mode, everything feels urgent. So if you are kind of already under a lot of stress and then you also add in the urgency of this internal urgency to get your child hitting milestones or to get the certain medication approved or whatever it is right there's just like there's a lot of urgent things to get the house picked up to get whatever fill in the blank that urgency everything feels important and urgent when we are in survival mode everything feels equally important is the problem. That is what happens whenever we end up carrying too many bags. So kind of picture yourself like, have you ever tried to carry in all of the groceries all at once? And you like have bags going all the way up your arms, both sides. You are just like, your fingers are turning purple and red and it's so heavy and you kind of have to waddle your way into the house and into the kitchen to just drop them all in there, right? Because it's just a short distance and you don't want to have to make two trips. (laughs) So that is the too many bags analogy. But whenever it comes to motherhood, you know, sometimes we have to say, hey, I'm going to have to set something down. And that is very difficult when everything feels equally important. And setting something down, I just want to offer you this little piece of advice is that just because you set it down doesn't mean you can't pick it back up once you're feeling better. Once your mental health and your mental state is in a better place, once you are out of survival mode, you will be able to carry a little bit more. But you have to ease into that. We can't just go guns a-blazing, arms loaded down with all these bags when we're exhausted and it's pouring down rain and it's muddy and right awful conditions. <laughs> We have to just lighten our load as hard it is as hard as it is. And us setting something down doesn't mean that we are bad moms. Sometimes we just have to really get down to what is a priority. It doesn't mean the things we don't do are not important. Because I get it. That's the number one thing that parents, you know, that moms will tell me in sessions. They're like, no, but 
I have to do all of this. This is all equally important. Here's why this is important. Here's why that is important. I can't let anything go. You have to let something go. Okay? Because if you don't let anything go, then nothing gets the attention it deserves, right? We can only give 50%, you know, effort to 10 different things, or we can give 100% effort to five different things and do really well at these five things and really get a grasp back on life. So that is reason number one. Now, reason number two is that moms feel constantly on or they're on high alert. They're looking for that next problem or that next illness, or they're sleeping with just one eye open. They're constantly in that mode of, I need to be alert. I need to be looking out for danger. And I know I've talked about the fact that a lot of times the things causing survival mode are also the symptoms of survival mode. It almost like perpetuates itself. Because whenever we are constantly on and we don't give ourselves breaks, we don't have that mental rest, what ends up happening is we're exhausted. We are going to be less, you know, capable of managing our emotions and regulating our nervous system when we are exhausted. And what this might look like, this might look like laying in bed really late at night and searching and Googling and researching your child's diagnosis to see if there's any new research that's been done, to see if there's any new medications that have come out, anything like that, right? So just constantly being on high alert. Um, if you feel like you have to have, you can always hear if you have a monitor in your child's room. If you feel like you can constantly hear that, even whenever you're asleep, not that it wakes you up, that's different. But if you feel like you can constantly hear it in your sleep, you're never getting into a deep sleep that is sleeping with one eye open even. If you feel like you need to always have your phone, you keep checking your phone if you're away, maybe you're out with your girls, out with your friends, you're doing whatever, having some time for yourself. If you keep checking your phone to make sure things are okay back home and anticipating something bad happening, that's not allowing rest. That's not allowing your body to just relax and to just go kind of, you know, on the not on the defense to let it just say, huh, okay, we're safe. Because you're telling your brain that we aren't safe. We need to be on high alert because if we're not on high alert, something bad will happen. And that is where that one really stems from. And that really goes really hand in hand with reason number three, which is that rest feels unsafe. That's the whole thing about survival mode is that it is a lack of safety. Whenever we feel like our brain is like, nope, this is not safe. This is a threat to our existence. <laughs> then it activates that stress response, right? The fight, flight, freeze. It puts you on that high alert. Resting is not safe. The bears might come attack you if you're resting, right? The, the saber-toothed tigers, because we still have very primitive brains. Remember that. <laughs> but we rest and we kind of let our guard down. Then we could be attacked. So that is kind of where that comes from, what this stems from. And if you have not allowed yourself to rest for many, many years, then rest 
could maybe feel very, very awful. It might feel just ugh, just ick. But sometimes you just kind of have to force yourself to do it. Because we can't really be on high alert to our best of our abilities when we need to be. If we're constantly, again, going back to like carrying too many bags. <laughs> but if we're constantly on high alert, then we're never fully alert and able to catch things when they are truly going on. Like if your child is coming down with an illness. Because you're exhausted. You're drained. You have nothing left to give. Now, reasons four and five. I am going to lump these in together. Because these are really the ones I'm going to talk the most about. And they kind of go hand in hand. So reason four and five of why moms get stuck in survival mode is because of big T trauma and little T trauma. Number four is big T trauma. Number five is little T trauma. So if you've never heard of big T trauma versus little T trauma, I'm going to explain it for you. So big T trauma, this is caused by big life-altering events. So the DSM-5, which is the Diagnostic and Statistical Manual of Mental Disorders, that is what mental health professionals use to diagnose mental disorders, right? It's a big old book, all kinds of things in it. But it defines trauma. I believe it actually defines PTSD trauma, which is really the only, it's what it is defining as trauma, right? <laughs> is any situation where one's life or bodily integrity is threatened. So these are things like big life events, an accident, a major illness, a major surgery, your child getting a major illness, a complication during the birth of your child, abuse or neglect, right? Those really big things, especially back in childhood, whenever those early formative years, you know, think ages birth to three are the most important if you had any big major life events during that time, it can actually alter the how your brain is made up, right? It can actually alter the shape of your brain. It can really alter the physical state of it, which is very fascinating. So that is big T trauma. And as special needs parents, unfortunately, we do have big T trauma situations. I'm not saying all of us do, but, you know, many of us do. And it's something that is kind of just becomes this like part of our lives that we have to deal with. And it is a very big, heavy thing. So little t traumas, though, on the other hand, this is number five, I guess, if you want to split them up. <laughs> We're going to kind of talk about them together. But little t traumas are typically things that they wouldn't be labeled as trauma by the general population, by most people. But these are events that create significant distress in your life or like ongoing stress in your life. So these might be things like fighting with insurance over an approval of a medication. If you really have to go through that, that can actually cause little t trauma. It's a traumatizing experience. It could be things like an unhealthy work environment. So for me, when Leo was a baby, he literally cried nonstop. I'm talking like nonstop. You you had to hold him. The only time he wouldn't cry was whenever you were actively holding him. And this is actually very common for infants with AGS during like the first couple years of their life. Um, I think I've talked about it here on the podcast before, but 
they definitely thought I, they're like, oh, you know, have you taken any drugs when you were pregnant? And I was like, oh my God, no, I've never done drugs. Because it is very similar. Like this irritability and this crying, it is very similar to how a baby who is going through drug withdrawals, how they would cry and how it like is this 24-7, just this ear-piercing cry. And unless they are being held, right? So I literally feel like this sort of trigger of sorts anytime Leo cries. Even today, like this happened today, guys. My brain, it remembers what that experience was like in those first couple of years after he was born. And it's like, it remembers the exhaustion and it remembers how miserable the whole experience was. And something in my body just like tensed up and I was like, ugh, I hate it. I absolutely hate it. That is a little T trauma. And these experiences that cause what we call the little T trauma, they don't jeopardize your safety and they don't threaten your life, right? Leo's crying never threatened my life. I was not going to die because of him crying. Felt like it sometimes, but wasn't going to. But this does not mean that these little T traumas, that they should be dismissed or pushed down. Because these situations, they still cause like a very valid nervous system reaction. Little T traumas, they tend to affect like our daily life. And in my opinion, they are probably the number one cause of special needs parents living in survival mode. I think it is because of predominantly little T trauma. This is what I see in most parents. Because they often go unnoticed. These little, you know, situations or events that are happening. These stressors, they go un unnoticed, overlooked, or even like downplayed by yourself or by others. Like, oh, no, that's normal. That's actually, that is very true. Whenever, you know, we're going through all that and Leo's crying and people are just like, oh, babies cry. It's just colic. Like, hmm, you, you know, every mom goes through it. Like something was wrong with me because I couldn't handle it because everybody else goes through it and handles it just fine. When in reality, it was not normal whatsoever. And they thought I was just kind of crazy. I was crazy. <laughs> Feel crazy still about it. If you're an AGS parent, I mean, just, oh, the solidarity. Like, I, I feel you. I'm sure you feel me right now. So, but especially if you do have some of those big T traumas in your past, especially if you have them from childhood, then these small day-to-day -day ones, you may think like, oh, that's, that's not a big deal. Like, I had this really big thing happen to me. I've gone through this really big thing with my child. So I shouldn't be upset about them crying, right? Or whatever it is. Having to get shots. I mean, there's going to be so many different things on little T trauma. It is so individualized on what they are. So, for example, I had a client one time. And her husband was in a pretty serious car accident. And he almost, lost, he almost lost his life from it. Like, he almost died. It was pretty bad. And she told me that everyone kept talking about how awful it was, what they were going through, and how difficult and scary it must have been for her. It was kind of touch and go there for a while. And it absolutely was. And she's like, yes, yes, like, that is true. But she told me, she's like, I feel guilty. Because she's like, I don't really care about all that because I'm having a hard time with the physical care of my husband during his recovery. <laughs> she was like, I feel so bad because that's what I'm having a hard time with. And no one's acknowledging that. <laughs> 
But, you know, she was having to do everything around the house. She's having to care for her special needs child and other children solo. And she was also the sole caretaker to her husband, who was essentially like on bed rest. And she just kind of felt bad about feeling that way because it didn't feel like it should have been a big deal. Right. She felt like she was complaining. She had a lot of thoughts about how this made her a horrible person because it could have been so much worse and she shouldn't complain about having to care for her husband because she, her husband was alive and he was going to be okay. I stopped her right there and I was like, listen, big T trauma versus little T trauma. <laughs> and that it was okay to be struggling with both trauma situations that she was experiencing. Because it is so common for us to shame ourselves for being overdramatic or for like overreacting when it comes to these like these day-to-day little T traumas. We might tell ourselves that we're struggling with like what we are struggling with. It just isn't a big deal compared to the other big things that we've gone through. Or this isn't a big deal in comparison to what others have gone through. So then we shame ourselves for feeling that way. But we often overlook how these reoccurring experiences can actually add up over time. We really don't take into account how much of an impact that has on us. And while one small issue, just, you know, one single phone call with insurance might not bother you much, right? But having several insurance phone calls over a short period of time where you're on the phone, you're on hold for hours, you really can't get through, you can't get your problem resolved, or, you know, whatever it is, any type of small issue, a bunch of them all close together, (laughs) that can actually have a major impact on your mental health. It's whenever we have even just a bunch of little stressors, a bunch of little different ones. And life is just kind of coming at you from all different directions. If you're not taking care of your stress and really managing all those little incoming stressors, it is going to have a massive impact on your mental health because you're going to be stuck in survival mode. And that is like the perfect segue into the class. (laughs) So pause right here, right now. Go sign up for that because in that class, I'm going to talk about what do we do? So this is why I am in survival mode. How do I get out? And the reason I want to talk to you about these reasons, like why we get stuck in survival mode, is because the more we understand about our stress and about survival mode, how our brains and our bodies, how they work together and our nervous systems, the more we understand about all of that, the easier it is to do something about it. Whenever we understand it fully, we can see where clearly what is causing it, where it is coming from. We can address the root cause of it. We can get ourselves unstuck. We can get ourselves out of survival mode and we can really start feeling better. We can, you can start feeling like life is just not just more than you can handle. You, you feel less overwhelmed. You start to feel like you have a little bit more energy, like you can do this. And that is why it is just incredibly important. That's all I can just really emphasize right there is whenever we really understand where it's coming from, that is really the only way you can start to do the work to get out of it. So, all right, guys, 
like I said, I'd love to have you at that class. Go ahead and click the link and sign up for it. And I hope that you enjoyed this episode and I will talk to you next week. All right. Bye. Thanks for joining me on today's episode of Overcome the Overwhelm. If you have questions or like more information, head on over to LowryLifeCoaching.com and I'll see you next week. Thank you.